I'm a hand talker. And so mics kind of come like this. I was like, maybe I should do that, but then I move. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I'm like, all right, we're going to project. But anyway, thank you. All right. All right, so let's go over really fast. Big O kids, y'all, I love you guys. So I know that the Lord is going to speak to you guys, and you're going to hear from him, but you are also going to listen to him by being really quiet. Right, guys? So you guys can draw, you can write, but are we going to chatter and whisper and distract Ms. Meg because then, like, she'll stop everything and stare at y'all? Whoo! Did you guys all meet somebody you didn't know? Because there should be plenty for people to meet that you didn't know. If you didn't do that, I'm going to put you on that later. All right. Hey, can we pray for a second? Because prayer is always good, right? And I know we've prayed, and I'm so excited to see you guys here this morning. I know it was a little odd the other day when I saw you that night. I was like, oh, I already knew who you were, <laughs> sort of. Like, yeah, big hugs. Like, I love friendly faces, and you guys have such friendly faces and hearts. So thank you for coming this morning. Hey, Jesus, we um, invite you here. Holy Spirit, we ask, and we know you're here. It has been beautiful. Thank you for letting us sing this morning. Thank you for music and for worship. You're doing a new thing for all of us. You're kind of turning things upside down, and that's okay. So, Lord, just keep us in the center of the palm of your hand, so close to your spirit that we hear even your whispers. You are the still, small voice. Can we not miss that today? We love you. Amen. All right, so I'm kind of serious. We need a sound machine. So like, you know, one of the doctor's sound machines that put out the noise that you don't actually hear, but like is the noise blocking? Yeah. Praise God for little tiny bodies, right? I mean, I love it. I love little tiny bodies. Especially, I've had to learn to love little tiny bodies with sensory stuff. So if you're like, Cohen's a little crazy, I would agree with you. We've been in therapy for two years. So we do OT every week, and we love him, and the Lord is going to do great things with him. But in soundy pla like places where it's echoey, um, if you ever see him just dart out a door, feel free to run. Because if I don't see it, he may just take off. And he'll do that. And he gets loud and he kind of starts getting like Wah! and the more like we try to hold on to him or push him down <clears throat> the louder he gets so we're teaching him boundaries but it's taking longer than with some of the other kids so love him with us okay <laughs> and love us into you know I was thinking when Brad was praying earlier when um, last weekend we had the awesome opportunity to go to a um, pastors and spouses retreat I made the mistake at one point in saying pastors and wives retreat and I got super corrected I was like oh wait you're right pastors and spouses retreat and so we were there and we're like running um, one day and uh, and down along this I don't know, it was this really beautiful lake that smelled really, really bad. And, and, and so I, Brad and I are out running, and while Brad was walking, I'm jogging beside him, trying to get my heart rate up. And so we're running along this lake, and um, at one end, all of a sudden, the sidewalk, because there was actually this poured sidewalk out there, which is a little random, but we're running, and it's like, all oh, you had to watch where you're running because it was broken. And all of a sudden, the sidewalk just ends. Literally, if you've ever wondered about the book, where the sidewalk ends, it's like at a wall with a cliff and a lake and it was beautiful and there were like tons of just this debris of like dead um 
pieces of, of I want to say bones, because that's what it looked like, and like the Lord spoke to me about the bones, but it was like limbs and stuff that had been under the lake and been pulled up in some recent storm, I guess, or over time, and just been piled there, and it was just like tons of these logs. Did y'all see those out there? Okay, so logs like everywhere pulled up, and they were like bleached white, and they were so like devoid of anything nutritious. There wasn't even like algae on them. Like it was literally, there was nothing there. Like algae didn't grow. I mean, they weren't slippery. They were like blanched white in gray. And then there were like dead fish <laughs> floating around them. And the Lord said a couple of things. One is that death always stinks. And it, it does. I mean, it was like, I don't know what they're doing. Brad thought maybe they were trying to kill some invasive, invasive species of fish or something gross. Anyway, and two um, was that life comes from death, right? Or dryness, dry bones. And, and he just started speaking to that to me. And then this morning when Brad was praying that, I heard two things. There's always two, at least two times. I'm sure there's more. But two times where um, d- dry bones are awesome. One is when God is given the glory for bringing life back from those dry bones, right? Because death is natural. And so when death nowadays, it's not natural in his world how he wants it, but it is nowadays. So when he brings life back, it's always beautiful. And the second one is in creation. So in creation, it starts off with dust or dryness, and then he brings forth his, his breath into it. And we're part of creation today. We get to step into a little mini version of a new type of creation here. And um, so I was just thinking about a few things quickly this morning when Brad came in and was like, I can't preach, I don't think. And he's been praying and thinking, and he was like, everything that we've thought of, or the Lord, we thought where the Lord was leading us, he'll like, this is really good. It's like a father, like saying, this is really good. Yeah, that would be great, but let me show you what's even better. And then he does his own new thing. So like we had talked about and looked at the movie theaters in, in the area to start the church. We'd looked at some different things. And then the Lord was like, yeah, those are great ideas. Let me show you something even better. And then he opened up this. I'm not saying I'm the better this morning, <laughs> but this morning Brad was like, I'm so not surprised because the Lord told me not to preach this morning. You're supposed to. And I was like, I, I don't think that's necessarily the better that I've been seeing here, but I'll be obedient, right? <laughs> so there we go. Um, 18, almost 19 years ago, when Brad and I got married, when we moved to Mississippi, we had this idea. I had an idea. I really wanted to go to seminary. But when I found out the seminary down there did not have a track for anything other than really like pastoral leadership, I was like, ah, I'm not called to that. I don't need to do that. And so we took one course together. And then I decided not to finish any studies there and let Brad finish. And it was a church planting class that we went through together. It was beautiful. We were breaking all the rules. I told you that the other day. But um, we're doing it God's way. And then I was like, no, I don't need to do that because I'm not called to that. About three years ago, I was driving somewhere, and I was just spending some time with God. And the Lord said, Megan, I'm calling you in pastoral leadership. And I said, no, you're not doing that. I'm not hearing correctly on that. I was like, there is no way that's what's happening because um, <laughs> look where we are and look how our life is. And that's just not. And he said, no, listen to me. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. I'll take that and put that in a bucket somewhere and we'll just see what you do with that. So we've really never made this about me. And I thank you for your grace for me standing here before you guys this morning, because um, this is one of those things where it's like when sometimes the Lord kicks you out of your comfort zone, even when you didn't realize that he's really doing that. So that's a really long introduction, but here's what the Lord laid on my heart this morning. Um, About 
three months ago, I was spending some time with him, and he just dropped me full heart into um, Zechariah and just like dumped me there. I have nothing for you guys this morning, sorry. I'm sure Brad had something going already and was working on it. And then, um, well, he usually does. And then, <laughs> like we're used to having something back here. There's nothing, everybody keeps looking. I'm like, no, no, nothing. Because, you know, you don't do something like that in 35 minutes. But, um, and so <laughs> he just dumped me there. So we're gonna be in, in Ezra 3 and then in Zechariah 4 today. So, but um, the reason we're there is I was just thinking about how some Sometimes we feel really disappointed in things. Sometimes we're disappointed in like small beginnings of stuff, of little things. And I was just thinking about how the Lord loves that. Oh, look, I don't actually have to be that close to my face, do I? Do y'all still hear me like from down here? Higher? Oh, you do need me? Oh, okay, never mind. So just go like this if I, if I drop, I guess. But um, sometimes we're dis- disappointed and we're expecting more. You know, and this morning I'm a little bit disappointed, but not too much. But let me give you a vision of what's to come, all right? Nothing huge, but we were expecting to have had some backdrops in here this morning, and I'm all about the pretty. I really like the pretty. And so we had like several things planned out. We had been in here mapping it out, some backdrops. Not that matters to God, it doesn't, but it matters to the pretty people who like pretty things. And so, and, and like less distracting things, right? And so, um, so we kind of wanted to cover some of this and we had some design ideas up and and like they didn't mail us the frames they didn't come in the mail they're like oops we forgot the frames for your backdrops and so some of this stuff like eventually we'll have like some kid stuff over there hopefully a door and and like a, a kind of a backdrop and some things that kind of give you some ideas that you don't have to see us walk in to see the kids or not hopefully we don't always hear them either they're quiet right now and then some backdrops. But I was a little disappointed that the stuff didn't come in this week. And, and I was just like, oh, seriously? Like, you know, you put forth the work, you're kind of doing things, and then it just doesn't happen. And sometimes just that's the way it is. And, um, and in Zechariah, I think there was a little bit of a disappointment happening there for a much larger, bigger reason. And so um, Zechariah was the prophet during the exile, right? And you guys know this. You all know so much more about this than I do. But I love looking. I love Old Testament. That's like where my heart is, is in Old Testament. And it's just like the New Testament is just like the icing on the cake of like the old. It's like, you know, you don't really want a, a, a big, soft, yummy piece of cake that's totally dry because in your mouth it's like that. So it's like the icing right there. Like it's the ending. It's what finishes it well, right? And it's God's heart is to finish well. And it's like the whole package is perfect perfect, but I also don't want a plop of icing. Like, I want you, so this is my cake right here, okay? So, prophet during the exile, he comes after centuries of godless leadership and idolatry, right? God brought down judgment on Israel. I mean, he warned them and warned them and warned them. That's sort of like when I've taken Cohen to the bathroom four times this morning already. You know, you warn and you warn and you warn, and finally, the hand of judgment sort of just has to come down. And you're like, dude, we're done with the warnings. This is what happened. And I mean, God brought a much harsher judgment. And the northern kingdom of Israel, because you know it's split, it was invaded by the Assyrians. And then Judah in the south was invaded by the Babylonians. And it was just bad. Bad things had happened. And God's people were held in captivity for 70 years. And you know what I got to thinking? That 70 years is not actually that long compared to the two centuries that he'd already been bringing judgment in different ways. I mean, like... The South could have looked at that and said, "Um, y'all, two centuries ago, the North was brought into captivity in a different way. Maybe we should change. They're not so smart there. Like, I mean, they waited for two centuries. And then God's people were held in captivity for only, for 70 years. I mean, I guess it's a long time to be held in captivity, but 
they should have been kind of seeing some trends here. And um, Jerusalem was invaded, and the temple was just destroyed, and it was just knocked down. And, um, and that, the people are brokenhearted because they didn't have what we have. We are the temple, right? We're here. We're building a new temple. It's a different way. But they didn't have that. So, like, the temple's destroyed. There's nowhere to worship. There's no way to worship. There's nothing between them, like, any way to get to God. I mean, it's just gone. And they're just brokenhearted. And then we jump in to Ezra 3. And so I'm going to actually read the whole thing because I just want us to get a picture of I mean, it was pretty dismal, and the Lord was doing a new thing there, but it was a little dismal. So, rebuilding the altar, and excuse my, my butchering of the original names. <clears throat> so, when the seventh month came, and the people of children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. Then arose Jeshua, the son of Jezadok, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shetelatiel, I can't remember how it's said, anyway, and his kinsmen, and they built the altar of God to Israel to burn, to offer burnt offerings on it, as is it written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set the altar on its place, for fear was on them because of the peoples of the lands, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, burnt offerings morning and evening, and they kept I mean, that's it, burnt offerings, morning. I mean, worship was going and going and going, right? Incense going up to the Lord, um, going and going. And they kept the feasts of booths, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the rule as each day required. And after the regular burnt offerings, the offerings of the new moon and all the appointed feasts of the Lord and the offerings of everyone who made a freewill offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. So, worship came first, right? So they're sacrificing and they're worshiping, but the foundation hadn't been laid yet. But they were doing a good thing. It was a good thing. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea, to Joppa, according to the grants that they had from the Cyrus king of Persia. Now in the second year after their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in a second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Shetelel, you know, and Jeshua, the son of Zakadak. I can't remember how it was said. I'm sorry, guys. Began a beginning together with the rest of the kinsmen, the priests and the Levites, and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years up and upward to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. So everybody was involved. I mean, if you were 20 years up, you were, you were appointed, you were working there. And Jeshua, with all his sons and his brothers, and Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah, together supervising the workmen in the house of God, along with the son of Hinnadad and the Levites and their sons and brothers. And when the builders laid the foundations of the temple of the Lord, and the priests and their vestments came forward with the trumpets, and what are the trumpets used for? Again, that's for worship, right? Okay. They came forward with the trumpets, and the Levites and the son of Asaph, and the cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout, and when they praised the Lord, because the foundations of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and the Levites and the head of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundations of this house being laid. 
though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sounds of the joyful shout from the sounds from the parts in the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the shout was heard far away. So I look at that and I see torn hearts, right? I see torn hearts because they're so excited about a new thing and they're so excited about what's coming and the foundation is being laid and they've sent forth the worship and yet there's some torn hearts going on there because there are people there who have seen what was and what could be and what was destroyed and there's just a brokenness there and it's really small and they are discouraged even though they're excited. Do you feel that at the end? Like we're gonna worship, we're gonna do the right thing. Yet the sound of weeping intermixed in that worship. So then the Lord, I think he needed to speak to his people. You know, he needed to come back and say, all right, first things first, let's look at this, let's talk. And so then we jump over to Zechariah four. You there with me? Four, six through 10, just a little bit. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. So it was very specific. I love it when God does that. Anytime you guys have a word for me, this is the word of the Lord to Megan. I'd love to hear that. It doesn't happen very often like that to me, but (laughs) from other people, but you know, hey, I can always hope, right? This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirits is the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountains? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top of stones amid shouts of grace. Grace to it. I'm actually reading out of the NLT, which, oh, no, this is ESV. I'm sorry. I usually read out of NLT because I like, I think it's a little smoother reading. So this one's a little more like stuttery. So, but (laughs) regardless, basically, I'm going to flatten everything for you, right? It's gone. I'm going to move it. It's me doing it. Grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hand of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house. His hand shall also complete it. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. I love that. I love that. It's going back to this idea of like, don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise it. It's okay. It's okay that everything's not perfect and that it's loud when it shouldn't be loud and awkward when it should be, you know, filled with noise or whatever. I mean, it's, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of worship. And it's okay that the hearts are a little like, where are we right now? What's happening? Just keep walking. I think of like the fish and Dory, like just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Yeah, okay. And then you're going to hear it all day long now. So <laughs> God loves to work on small beginnings. He adores that. I mean, that's his history throughout the word, right? Is that he is like, I'm going to start with small beginnings. And uh, so I thought about just three things where the Lord, you know, because you have to do three things, right? If you stand up, even in 30 minutes, when you have time to think of what the Lord's told you, it's always in threes or fives or something random. That's not so random. So here's three things. <laughs> Yeah, three. Um, three things that the Lord worked on in small beginnings. Yes, I had to make sure. I thought I'd done four. Don't, don't laugh. Um, the first one, I think, is David. So I was at the Dollar Tree last night grabbing some paper for the kids to have things to color on. And I walked... Never mind. Anyway, I walked by, and they had this. Disturbingly green eyes on David, by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh, David and Goliath. And we know the ending of a lot of these stories. They didn't know it when they were in the middle of living it, right? But we know the endings. And we have, we've been shown kind of like these, 
these great things on how people ended stuff, doing it well or doing it not well, because sometimes there's some great small beginnings and the people totally didn't end well, and we want to end well. Um, but we know about humble beginnings. And David, I think, is such a humble beginning, and we yet this is pretty much all about mm, the middle of the story, right? And, the, and kind of how where it goes, which is good. I mean, I'm glad we're teaching our children things. Even at Dollar Tree, we can teach truth from there. But if we go back to, to kind of his beginning, I mean, he's the youngest son of Jesse, right? And there's seven of them. And it sort of reminds me of the Cinderella story. Do you know what I'm talking about? So like he's off doing his thing. So in Cinderella, she's like cleaning and doing the work. And they come in, they're like, hey, we need somebody to fit this tiny little shoe. It has to fit perfectly. And they're like, oh, this is it. This is all that's here. And they're like, there's nobody else in your house? Nope, no one else is here. <laughs> that's it. You have to choose from these two. And they're like, there's somebody else here. And she's off doing the work but she fits perfectly into the mold that was made for her. And that's where David was, right? So David's off and he loves two things. I think this of David when I think of him, he loves to worship. You know, he was a gifted musician and so he loved to worship and he loved being with his sheep, right? So he already knew how to be a good shepherd. And those were his two kind of his things. So he's off doing his thing and they're like, all right, so let's go through all these kids and like, yep, nope, not going to fit, not going to fit. You have to have someone else. Like there has to be someone, nope, nobody else here. Oh yeah, well we kind of forgot about the baby out there. And like they bring him back in and he's like the perfect one. Um, and so David came from a really kind of small, humble beginning where he would have loved to, I think, probably been okay with being forgotten. Like he was okay doing his thing. Like he was just okay with working with what he was given, whether that was like five stones, you know, cause he didn't fit the armor that was laid on him. He didn't fit into it. He just wanted to do what he was being called to do. And he stood up when the time was right. Like the Lord used all that to prepare him for a better, a better thing. But he had to be willing at some point to step out of the comfort zone to go do that, right? And so, so there's David. And um, in the end, he didn't wear the king's armor. And we've, I've talked about this a lot several times recently with people because the Lord keeps impressing it on my heart that when he used up his five stones, the Lord then called him to pick up Goliath's sword. Now, if we think the king's armor was big on him, can you imagine how big Goliath's sword would have been? I mean, because it was done for Goliath. So it would have been a huge sword. And that's what he chops the heads off, right? So he picks up Goliath's sword. And then for the rest of his life, he fights with Goliath's sword. I kind of wonder if he fought with it in order to learn how to handle it right too. You know what I mean? Like not just fight with it to fight, but also fought with it like stumbling and like he had to grow into that sword that would <laughs> if the king's armor didn't fit him the sword definitely wouldn't have but for the rest of his life he fought with goliath's sword the lord provided that sword and um then we look at jesus and it's interesting because when you look back at like um micah and john like the words of the prophet bethlehem will bring forth a ruler and people are like bethlehem like what's bethlehem nothing you know and then pardon me and then later, it's like, can any good come from Nazareth? I mean, it's really like, shh, no. That's like back hills. I mean, it's, I think for us here, it'd be something like, I don't know. I don't know the area super, super well. I'm learning it. But when somebody's like, oh, something amazing, the next president is coming from a holler in eastern Kentucky. And people would just look like, really? That's, that's growing there? That's happening there? You know what I mean? And so, but at some point, those people have to get called out, right? So they're calling out, and Jesus is called out. And, and he does things totally differently the whole way. 
You know, he never ever had a home that we know of in the same way. He never did things the traditional way. He listened to the Father and to the Spirit and did things the way the Lord was doing it, but it was totally from humble beginnings. And we know that story inside out and backwards. I mean, there's probably another book like this at the Dollar Tree that was like, you know, and that is about the beginning, right? Here's, here's, here's the little baby in the straw and it looks so clean and lovely. Until now that I have goats, I'm like, that straw was disgusting. That is nastiness there. And, and, and so, I mean, we look at that and we like wanna whitewash it in America and make it really pretty and clean and less smelly. And it was a pretty gross beginning. I mean, really gross, right? The Lord comes from that. And then there's us. And here we are this morning, right? And I would definitely say we have some humble beginnings going on. <laughs> and I love the fact that so many of you guys have worked so hard the last couple weeks to do stuff. I mean, the Lord has literally just provided stuff from like all over the place, like literally all over the United States. Things are coming in. I look at the soundboard, which allows us to do this. I look at the, the equipment that's up here and already the Lord is providing from all over and we're gonna have to grow into some of this equipment, right? Some of the stuff that's here, I mean, it's pretty cool. We, we're gonna have more stuff coming in, right? The Lord is providing, but it's kind of a humble beginning. And it's good to know that and it's good to look at that and say, all right, Lord, you're creating off of, I wouldn't say dry bones that have died, but you're creating off of bones that need to be brought to life. You're creating a new temple. You're doing this and it's a good thing. So I was thinking of a couple verses that just stood out to me the last few days. Um, those of y'all that use version, yeah, I'm cheating. It was today's word of the day. So like if you got the beep on it this morning already, seven o'clock in the morning, I get a text. Here it is. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So we're here. He's giving us a future and a hope. He's building. He's putting those bones together. He's doing it. He's bringing life. And that's what we get to do. I was so excited that today was like the first day we really got to worship right? To call out and to worship in music, because we've been worshiping for months. I mean, it starts with a small group, you know, just fellowship on the farm. Let's just spend time together praying. And it was awesome, but I think at some point all of us are like, oh, and we could use some music now. Let's do that. And the Lord said, no, no, I will provide the time. I will say when you guys can sing in that way. And we had talent here. I mean, there's, I look at y'all and I know a number of you guys have talent, which is beautiful when we're able to use our talent for the Lord. And sometimes he says, you have the talent, but you're not the one to use it yet. And that's what's happened a lot. <laughs> like, I know it's like all of y'all have areas to give and all of you guys can do that. And now, now is the time I think the Lord's starting to say, all right, are you ready? Are you ready to step out and give? Are you ready to start and step out and to do? And now we are starting to do the doing. Do you remember several months ago, I kind of had this vision from the Lord that we were in the process of almost like a birth and we were in the pregnancy zone, right? So we were prepping and we were pulling together, but it was actually the easier time. Like I didn't realize that my first pregnancy, I thought, oh my word, I'm exhausted. This is so hard. And then the baby came and then I lost my hands, you know? And you're like juggling something, the phone, the baby, and you're trying to cook or do something. And from that point on, you can never lay the baby down. You can't. So now we're birthing something new. We're here, and it's awesome, but we don't get to lay this baby down. Now we get to work and to learn to do new things, and the Lord's going to stretch us, and that's awesome, but that's where we are. And then Hebrews 11, 1 through 2, faith shows the reality of what we hope for, but is the evidence of things we cannot see. 
I loved this. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. What the Lord said would come came to pass. The temple was rebuilt, and the Lord had a place to be. And today we are building something new, and the Lord has a place to be. And the Lord has called us to be in this place, and he has called us to prep and to continue to be and to be a voice of being out. So when you leave today, I expect you guys to take more of those postcards out there and to share and to talk. And we have the next several months to figure it all out. We can you know, figure out sound things and, and more children's workers or whatever and backdrops, but the Lord is like, I got all that. But today you've been called to worship, to put the trumpets first, to put the worship first, and to be a people of thanksgiving that we've come this far, you know? Because it started off pretty dry bones. There wasn't much there. And now I look around and there's a lot of, that sounds bad if I say there's a lot of flesh here. Is that bad? I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> but he's like, he's putting people in place. He's building his temple, right? He's calling people out and saying, this is where you're supposed to be. Like, I can't stand here and talk and, and man the soundboard and watch the video and take care of the kids. And I can't do that. I have no interest in doing most of that anyway. But I can't do that. But there are people who are called to do that. So we're just here to praise God and say, yes, you're starting a new thing. But we don't need to be ashamed at how small it feels right now. There's no shame in that. Because he's going to do amazing things with small, little, tiny beginnings. And we don't need to despise that or play it down and make it be less than it is. We can rejoice in the day of small beginnings. You know? So that's where we are. That's really, that, that was what, Brian, I, I'm supposed to call you up and ask you to like, lead worship and sing. And <laughs> Brad told me that. He's like, and I don't know, I'm probably super early. It's okay. I don't know how, I mean, I didn't even look at a watch, but it doesn't matter. But God said a couple things. Don't despair. Don't despise those beginnings. Rejoice in the day of those. Rejoice in the dry bones becoming as flesh. And we ask for his spirit to blow through. And we seek that. And then we get to eat. And if you guys hang around, please don't leave anybody because we're bringing in lunch. So then we get to eat together. And so we have food that's coming in from Hacienda up the road. And we're going to fellowship by breaking bread together here and eating together in our new home. And we're here. If the Lord is saying something on your heart and you want to pray with one another, you want to minister to one another, if there's something that you need prayer for, um, we are all pretty much like the core of a ministry team here. It's like so cool. Um, but if you really are just like, I need, I need some really distinct prayer, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And Tootie has anointing oil that, that I just felt like the Lord told me to give her earlier. Hunt her down. She's just dying to pray with people today. Um, Betsy is right here, and her heart just looks so full, like the Lord's giving her words. I just know it, and I feel like the Lord's giving you guys a number of words, so don't be shy to share with one another. Um, we could even, like, gather some of those words at lunch and just share over one another what the Lord is saying. Um, I'm excited because dry bones do become his flesh under the Lord, and then he blows his spirit in, and we have, have to start somewhere, and this is where we are, and it is good.
Well, I'll tell you, we moved back from Washington State to be a little closer to family. It's just too expensive to fly back from Seattle to visit family. So we moved all of our stuff to Lexington, thinking we're going to spend a month to we'll get a job in Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, accepted the job at the church, right? I'm going to go three days before I move. They call me and say, you can't bring on staff. So now I'm stuck at my in-laws. They're not here. They're at the Wesleyan Church in Frankfurt. Um, and I'm like, wow, what, am, what are you doing, God? Uh, I got my family in one, uh, one bedroom. What in the world? I got three hyper boys. In the, mm. And then Brad calls and says, hey, do you want to? And I'm like, I don't know. I want a break for ministry, maybe. Because this is craziness. If you knew my, if you saw my resume, it's craziness, right? It's crazy. So I'm like, God, can I just have a break? And, um, and, and so he's, he's like, yeah, you need to go help Brad to get this church started. So I'm like, okay. Okay, you know what you're doing. And I love new things. I told somebody this morning I like teenagers more than I do babies. But the baby, you know, the church is a baby. But, and so we're going to hold the baby uh, together, you know. And it's going to be really fun when it's a teenager. That's when it's really going to be fun. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> so um, I don't like changing diapers, you know. That's kind of weird. But, um, but Jesus knows what he's doing. And the Holy Spirit has a, an overarching plan. And uh, he is all wise and all good and leads us in places that does, we can't understand it now. And if we were operating his church on earth through our own wisdom, our own strength, what made sense, our own comfortability, right? Our own resources, this thing would not go well. But it is through his spirit. Not by our might and power, but by his spirit, right? Isn't that good? And by his spirit, he, he will accomplish the things. And it will surprise us. And it will be much better and much stronger and much more effective for the kingdom in the end. Amen. So let's stand and praise God for his goodness and his wisdom and his power and strength that is alive in us this morning. That's so good. So good. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are accomplishing in these early days in the seeds planted in your kingdom here in this place. Thank you for the lives that will be touched and reached and, and, uh, and the new people, new people going out from this place and reaching the lost. Hallelujah for that. You are good and we give you praise because you do things 